Does anyone find the ranking of the Inquisitors a little weird? Like, where did this system come from? Like, so the Grand Inquisitor is basically the head honcho, or first brother, I guess. So why not call him first brother? How, how come he's called the Grand Inquisitor while the others go by a number and brother or sister? Like, second sister, fifth brother, seventh sister, fourth sister... There are there are actually a lot of a lot of sisters actually now now that I think about it, but it's like why not let them use their actual names? Is it because they 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 don't want to humanize them? I mean, what's why? Plus, how does the ranking work? I imagine the higher numbers are the are high in rank, but it looks like but it looks like the lower numbers tend to take up a leadership role. Look at fifth brother and third sister. Even though Reva had a higher number, Fifth Brother seemed to be a bit more in charge than her. If there's any Stars fans out there who have some knowledge that I don't, hit me up. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Sam Talks Nerdy. My name is Sam, and I am your handsome teacher senpai host. How is everyone doing today? I hope you're doing well. I'm just living life, you know, digest... I've been bitching like three shows at once, though I kind of took a pause on Smallville so I can kind of focus on two other shows because, well, those shows are kind of less of a commitment. And actually, one of the shows I just finished watching, and I want to talk about that today. So, over the past month or so, I watched Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Rise of the, of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Originally, I passed on, on the cartoon because it didn't it just didn't look interesting to me, but the movie came out and that piqued my interest. So, I decided to watch the show and the movie. So, this is sort of a review slash a bit of a retrospective. Let's get into it. Okay, so I recall when the show was first announced. The, the uh, 2012 series was, had just ended or was drawing near and they started to slowly a advertise Rise. Like I mentioned earlier, I didn't really have a interest in the series. All, all the lore changes with Raph being the leader and Leonardo being more of a, of a layback kind of guy just didn't really sit well with me because, you know, that's not the turtles I grew up with. Plus, the visuals just didn't really appeal to me. So, I just kind of passed on it. I, I kept up every now and then, but ultimately just didn't watch it. When I heard it was not getting renewed for a... For a Third season, actually no, it was the second season. The second season was cut short, and then it was being put on a permanent pause. And it was also going to wrap up with a movie, and I just, and I just, I just didn't really feel anything. I was like, okay. But cut to the movie coming out, and me seeing some clips online, and they actually piqued my interest. So I decided to watch some videos on the show, and they all came to the same consensus that it was majorly slept on and wronged by Nickelodeon. So I decided to give it a try. You know, you know, I have a rule of uh, giving a show maybe like two or three episodes before I ultimately decide if I want to watch it or not. And boy, I'm glad I did. To be completely honest, this is probably one of my favorite iterations of the Turtles next to the 2003 series. And the IDW comics, from what I've heard, really need to get on to reading those. Yes, there are some positives and negatives to the series, but in my eyes, the positives really outshine the negatives. Let's start with positives. One positive of the show were the characters. The characters really broke the norm for what we tend to expect from the Ninja Turtles. 
Like, honestly, I wish I realized back when the, when the show first came out that this cartoon was breaking the mold of the typical Ninja Turtles cartoon. Instead of being a hothead, Raph is the leader of the Turtles for a change which I eventually came to like. Raph has always been like my least favorite turtle because he's just, he does the same stuff in every incarnation. He's the hothead, he gets angry, he usually storms off to go on a solo mission that usually gets him in trouble or he gets someone else in trouble, yada yada yada, to where it's just like, Raph just kind of felt almost copy and paste in every single iteration with maybe like a slight change in something. I, I will say, it wasn't just been seeing Leo in a non-leadership role and be more lazy and laid back. But, I came to love it over time. Yeah, some moments bugged me, but he had some of the funniest moments in, in the series, to be honest. Donnie has to be one of my favorite characters on the show, let alone my favorite turtle overall. Next to Leo, he had some of the funniest moments in lines. He was more all, all in the lines of the smart douche kind of guy and not just, you know, smart. Mikey... Oh, Mikey. He is the best boy of, the, of this series. Yeah, yeah, he's still a bit of a, of a party guy, but he was also a bit more creative and artistic. More like the emotional glue that kept the family together. Also, each turtle was based off a different breed of turtle, so I think Donnie was a soft shell turtle. Well, oh, I'll try saying that ten times fast. And Mikey was a box turtle. I forget what Leo and Raph were. Splinter was definitely different. He spent most of the, of the first season being a schlub or a freeloader to just laying around and watching TV in his recliner. Sounds like someone I knew. But once the threat of the Dark Armor, aka the Shredder, popped up, he got serious and I loved it. I also loved his background in the series. He still had his martial arts backstory, but decided to go into movies as kind of a Bruce Lee kind of guy. April was just fantastic. Riot's April is easily my favorite April. She was such a badass, and honestly, that's that's all I gotta say. She's just, you know, Riot's April is by far the best April. Casey Jones. Well, it's kind of weird what to do with Casey. Spoilers for the show and the movie. So, there's this character called Foot Recruit, who's easily one of my favorite characters on the show. She, uh, she pops up throughout... Throughout the series as one of the more prominent members of the Foot Clan, along with the Foot Mystics. So basically, a lot of us were like, is, is she actually Karai? But no, her name is Cassandra Jones, or Casey, as her friends call her. That was quite the surprise when it was, when it, it, it was revealed. They gender-bent Casey. Of course, I just kind of rolled, rolled, rolled my eyes and decided to brush it off. You know, it was something different. But it got weirder. In the movie, they introduced a proper Casey Jones from the future who goes back in time to help the Turtles defeat the Krang. The catch? He is foot recruit slash Cassandra's son. A it So, yeah, Casey had a very interesting process. I don't know if they added Casey into the movie because people didn't like the idea that they gender-bent... Casey with Cassandra, or that was their plan the entire time, just, I don't know. And plus, I mean, plus, I mean, prior to the Cassandra reveal, April kind of filled the Casey role because April used sort of like a bat or a mystic bat, so, I mean, you didn't really miss Casey that much. The villains were also great in this cartoon. Like I said, the Shredder, and that means the Foot as well, had a presence in the series, but it just wasn't as big or prominent like the other shows and media. But... 
they had some cool new additions to the Ninja Turtles Rogues Gallery. My favorites being Meat Sweats, Hip, Hip, Hypnopotamus, again, another tongue twister, and Baron Draxum. They had some of the best episodes along with the ones involving the foot and the shredder. To be honest, the episodes centered around the foot and the dark armor slash the shredder were easily some of the more better and tad more serious of the series. And plus the shredder, you know, this one was scary. I mean, he's this big hulking monster. You know, I mean, yes, he's still Orokusaki. But instead, he was possessed by a demonic armor that kind of took control of him. And turning him into a crazed demon, like, killing machine. You know, like, literally in the like first episode of season two, just like, he goes to town on the Ninja Turtles and even, like, almost destroying a lot of New York. And even in the season finale... He was a threat. Like, he was scary. He was, like, fast, hard-hitting. Like, honestly, imagine the Shredder from the, from the 2003 cartoon, if you watched it, but on steroids. And, like I mentioned in the movie, the main villains of that were the Krang, and that movie made them actually cool to me. I never really liked the Krang. I, I kind of thought they were just kind of stupid. I mean, like, the lady just, like, brains, like, running around in robots. That's it. I mean, if any version of them comes close to being cool, it probably had to be the 2003 series, or not, sorry, the 2012 series, where they're... Well, actually, no. Both the 2003 and the, and the 2012 series, because I like the idea of them kind of being almost scroll-like to where they are disguised as humans. But other than that, just like, yeah, they've always ranked kind of low on my villain list. But this movie, you know, they may have bumped him up a notch, especially if they do what they did in the movie in future incarnations, because in the movie, there are three main crane, the honor race, they are like three of them. Well, as you know, there were more of them, but then they died and only three remained. And they and they were kind of like almost a fungus or like a, I don't know, maybe a fungus would be right because like they would spread around the city. They would possess people or they like consume people and turn them into mindless drones and even take, even like take over technology. Like they were cool. They were cool and they were scary and I loved it. A lot of villains like like uh, Meat Sweats and Hypnopotamus and even like Rebo Mantis, you know, some of them felt like villains you would see in the 80s cartoon. And I honestly like that feeling. I actually wonder if that was like the approach they they were going for when uh, creating some of these new villains of like, hey, let's have these guys feel like feel like you know, you would see them in the in the old 80s cartoon. And I actually hope some of them, you know, make their return in future Team and Team Media, especially Meat Sweats and, and a Hypnopotamus. Imagine them, but in a slightly darker tone. And, and actually, now I think about it, like a Meat Sweats was already kind of dark and creepy, but like him being more dark and creepy would be like dwelling on the border of Hannibal Lecter or even uh, Professor Pig. Hmm, kind of like it. The lore of the show was really fun to absorb. 
And I, I do think the like lore heavy episodes were ones involving the foot and the shredder. Thus, you know, that's why those are my favorite of the two seasons. Just learning about the, there's really more and more about the backstory of Splinter and the Dark Armor and even the creation of the Hamato clan, which is really cool. Plus the, like, backstory of the Shredder and how he kind of came to acquire the armor was just so done beautifully, like, visual-wise. And just the visuals of, in this cartoon were just, they were, it was nothing but a buffet of eye candy. Just, ugh, beautiful. My brother told me that artists and, and, and such were like really dug the series for its art style, and I can see why. It was just gorgeous. The colors, the visuals, like it felt like it felt like you're watching a comic book at times with with some of the shading at certain moments. Even the fight scenes were amazing. They they've moved so fluidly. Like imagine the hallway fights from Daredevil, but in animation. And I'll just see them move nonstop, no breaks, no editing, just like one continuous drawing. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's probably the point of animation to where like it looks and moves so fluidly, but just, oh, the fight scenes just felt so smooth like butter. Now let's get to the negatives. <gasps> no neutrals. Yep, no neutrals. My feelings for the show are fall solely under positive and negative. And honestly, my negatives are pretty small. My, I guess my biggest one has to be that the comedy at times felt a little dumb and, well, kiddie. Like, I know this is a kid's show, but even the movie took some risks being dark at times, and I loved it. Honestly, if the show was more like the movie, there would be a lot more support. Believe it or not, the creator or one of the head honchos shared that that show would have gone darker in season three, or actually in the future of season two. I need I've been trying to do more research on this because I get it's kind of confusing because it's like you know there's ideas for the scrapped episodes of season two, but then there's also like little nuggets for season three to where it's kind of hard to know where each one or, or like to where you know what idea belongs in what season. They actually, actually had some really cool scrap ideas, like uh, they planned to use the Rat King and even introduce a fifth turtle. And I think I actually saw a hint of that turtle during during the second season. And you know what? I might do an episode on like the scrap content. But anyways, but yeah, the comedy, while good at times, just made me cringe a little. But the dark and, dark and emotional moments really stood out. The end of the movie kind of got me a little misty-eyed. My next and final negative, Baxter Stockboy. What the actual hell? Give us Baxter Stockman. Not some kid who's, who's a literal stockboy and wants internet fame. Give us the scientist. Give us the robot builder. Fully grown. Yes, he still used robots, but, but, though, but they felt really drowned out. Most of his schemes, well, he only appeared in two episodes and had a cameo in one, revolved around, revolved around him getting internet famous. Just, yeah, he was honestly kind of like my least favorite of the rogue, rogues, to be honest. There's a whole thing going on to, to to revive the show for a third season or to release the unaired episodes, which I fully support, you know, Nickelodeon, Paramount, Netflix. Do not make the mistake countless others have. Listen to the fans. Fans want this show to continue. It started, it started, it started to get more in popularity. I mean, people are actually starting to come around to this show. 
But if it did, but if, if it did, but if it doesn't come back, maybe do a IDW comic. I actually think there's a Rise comic there right now, but maybe cancel that one and then do a comic that's kind of like more serious and covers the scrapped content. Alrighty, that'll be it for this week's episode of Sam Talks Nerdy. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as leaving your me a five-star rating and a good review where you can. Also, leave me a voice message on Anchor, and follow me on Instagram, at The Comic Factor. Until next time, stay happy, stay well, go eat some pizza, don't become a mutant turtle, don't get possessed by a evil demonic armor, and I will talk to you all next time. Peace out. Love you. Mwah.